Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we were hanging with the losers, which means today it's time to see what happens when you update one of the most iconic 80s television shows in history for a 2010 audience as we're hiring the (laughs) A-Team. Wow, I'm a little taken back, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Lieutenant. Oh, I'm sorry, am I supposed to call you lieutenant back? No, you're supposed to call me captain. Captain? Captain? That's right. Captain Crunch, look at you. Wow. So I guess you said no to the kids, no to the family, just no ladder you can't climb, no, huh? No, no, honey, I just said no to you. Hello, my name's Percy. Would you like some pork? If I broke every bone in your hand, could you still do that? So which film will escape victorious into the Los Angeles underground and which will be convicted for a crime it committed against cinema? We'll know by the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters. Are they trying to shoot down that other drone? No. They're trying to fly that tank. <laughs> I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. And welcome to part two of The Losers versus The A-Team. And of course, the verdict as to which is the better film coming up at the end of the show. Also, if you missed Monday's episode, the Tilsonator <laughs> is right now flying across the Atlantic. No, he'll be in Austin by now. I don't know. I don't know either. He's somewhere in the world and he's having a great time. <clears throat> I'm sure he is. But he'll be back in a couple of weeks. So if you are a fan of Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, he will be back in two weeks' time. That's right. It's going to be great. I'm going to look forward to him welcoming him with open arms, the weird, hairy monkey man <laughs> that he is. So in the absence of Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, I'll be reading a review from the Digital Mailbag this How week. How nice. Yeah, it's nice. I don't usually get to do this. So uh, I hope I do it right. Here we go. Have you picked a good one? I think so. That's half the job. It's uh, it's not one of the ones that Chris likes where it has a go at one of us because yeah. he thinks it's character building. I'd hate that. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so no, 
This is uh, this is a good one. Uh, this says uh, this show is amazing for anyone looking to move into screenwriting. Oh, lovely! Five stars, and uh, that is a review for the John August and Craig <laughs> Mazin podcast. Script notes. But that's such a fair review as well, actually. Mm, mm. So I thought I'd mix it up this week yeah. and do a review for a different podcast. That's podcasting. That's well, a community. Yeah, and it's a very good show. Script it is. Notes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is one of ours. Uh, terrible one star. There you go. <laughs> Uh, no, this review is from Timmy, which I've said like that because it is written T-M-M-E-H, so I'm assuming it's in reference to South Park's Timmy. <laughs> it says, uh, Vicky, Alex and Chris, I'm slightly addicted to your podcast. Can you do the Twilights or Fifty Shades of Grey so I can have a week <laughs> off? If not, how about Prometheus versus <laughs> Alien Covenant so we can see if Ridley Scott's okay? Because <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> it's just funny. Is it... Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Is he okay? That's how I read it, and I'm a Prometheus fan. Alien Covenant, gonna fuck off. Uh, love the pod. It's witty, insightful, and my constant companion at work. P.S. Tell Vicky it's almost possible to go all in, but only if someone's coming at you with a catheter. <laughs> I knew it. And PPS, Frank Welker! <laughs> so as an emergency response, it is possible. Yep. I knew it. Mm. Coming at you with a I wonder if they, well, did they? No, I've had a catheter. They were very nice about it. Were they? Yeah. I loved it, weirdly. Why? Oh, just the feeling of not having to wee. <laughs> it's just a weird feeling. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever had one? I've not had a catheter, no. Yeah, so I... what, what, what happens? What happens? They just talk me through. I'm I'm sort of a little bit, a little bit misty on what a catheter actually does. Well, unless I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Mm. So it's when I've had uh, C-sections. Yep. So I don't feel it going in because I've had an epidural, uh, and then I'm just lying there in a hospital bed, and it's all coming out. It's just going into a bag. Right. It's a lovely warm bag, sort of by your top of your thigh and then I'm just conscious that normally you're like oh I need a wee you've got to go to the loo that's annoying in a hospital I've got to leave these babies it's a nightmare and then it's like no I don't need to do any of that brilliant so are you consciously having a wee though when no, you're weeing no oh, it's, oh, it's, it's all sort of taken care of wow yeah that sounds great I really enjoyed it it reminds me of the Simpsons gag where Homer's like uh, he sees a guy on a ventilator and he's like here I am using my own lungs <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it's a bit like that. Here I am having to think about urinating. It's actually helpful in a situation because you've got a lot else to think about, such as keeping these babies alive. And that's one less job to do, isn't it? Cool. Yeah. So have you thought about having one just, you know, for the first couple of years? No, yeah, that's a good point. I just If it's in my future when I'm older, I won't resist it. I'll be, I'll be grateful for the help it provides. You should read, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, The mm. Thursday Murder Club. It's, <laughs> it's commission. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's set in a retirement village and it makes being in a retirement village, which I've always thought must be one of their most hellish experiences yep. uh, once you get old, but it makes it sound really good fun. Okay. It's a work of fiction, but it does sound <laughs> no such really good. Exists. It makes it sound like remember when you were in student halls? When we were in student halls, yeah, it was like bowling around student halls, like <laughs> yeah. having a fucking great time with people your own age, no responsibilities, yeah. just having a laugh, got yeah. drinking. It makes it sound. I, I've I've started to believe that is what being in a retirement village. As long as you've still got your faculties, so yeah. you know. You know, that you can just eat and drink it responsibility free. Yeah, with your buddies. Exactly. Does that, it does sound good. It does. Yeah, as long as you've got your health. All right, then. So, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, next week it begins. Clash of uh, 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 uh. 
our month-long countdown to the greatest night of the year that is Halloween. We'll be doing four horror movie clashes as we celebrate the wonder of All Hallows' Eve. So if you join in the regular Guess the Clash, that should narrow down the options. clash Halloween begins next week. <laughs> I can't forget wait. I always enjoy it. It is it's always great. Good, yeah. it's, I, I, just, I, I love horror. And I love being forced to watch horror. Yeah. And I love watching horror that potentially I haven't seen. Mm. And I love talking about horror. <laughs> and I love Halloween. Yeah. I'm so excited. Good. So Clash Halloween starts next week. Let's do this. On Monday, Vicky was a loser. <laughs> Which means today I'm obviously in the A team. Let me take you. <laughs> Let me take a big and scene. Let me take you on a journey. After a massively fortuitous coincidental meeting with both B.A. Baracus and Howling Mad Murdoch in Mexico, airborne rangers Hannibal and his protege Face form a brand new military unit called Alpha Team or A Team. This crack commando unit is sent to prison for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escape from a maximum security stockade. And that is where the film deviates from the TV show as they don't survive as soldiers of fortune, but instead attempt to clear their names by recovering some stolen forging plates, Black Forest Gatto and a general posing as a blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Let's be clear. They fly a tank and it's fucking awesome. Class brothers, for your consideration, the A-Team. So, when did you see this movie? I really thought I'd seen it. Oh. And Mark really thought we'd seen it. Oh. And then it's not. We haven't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. Have you seen it? It's not. It's not. <laughs> For the whole start, we were like, God, what, when did we even see it? I don't know, Mark. Because this none of this feels familiar. And I was like, they don't even know each other. They're not even the A-team yet. So we can't have seen it. So we just, I don't know. Maybe I did and I've just completely forgotten. I thought it... I, you it, wouldn't forget they fly a tank. Yeah, I wouldn't forget that. You wouldn't I? forget so, that. But um, I was a huge fan of the A-team from the 80s. Oh, that's so good. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, I, we just used to watch it at my grandma's house. Mm. I loved, I absolutely loved it. Saturday afternoons, ITV. Yeah, I love the uh, the little sting. I, I've forgotten his name. I've got it. I'll, I'll tell you when it comes up. I think I've written it down. The guy at the end, who's the actual creator. I, I've never oh, loved, yeah. never loved like a, a sting for like the production company where he's typing on the typewriter and he takes out the bit of paper oh, yeah. and it flies towards the screen, then becomes a digital. Yeah, thing. cool. Yeah. So yeah, haven't seen it, but I'm a fan of the AT, and I'm a fan of uh, Joe Carnahan as well. So. Really? I love Narc. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't Sorry. really love everything Do you know else, what? But... That's wrong. I shouldn't have said really. I no, said really enough. because in prep for this, I watched Smoking Aces, which was another blank on my CV that on paper yeah. is exactly I thought you'd the kind seen it of movie. It. No. Uh, what's the one that came out recently? Cop something. Oh, no, I didn't see that. The Grey. I'm a big fan of The Grey. Yeah. I like The Grey. Uh, but no, I, Smoking Aces, what a... Like, uh, never as a movie, and I tolerate some shit and actually wallow in that shit mm-hmm. for want of a better visual image. Yeah. There's me rolling round in celluloid shit and having <laughs> the fucking best time. <laughs> However, um, Smoke and Aces they left such a nasty taste in my mouth. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's just nasty. Where where it should be fun, mm. it's grim. Okay. And and then like at the end, it reaches for like this powerful dramatic conclusion. You're like, nope, <laughs> no, did not earn that. What yeah. on earth are you doing? But yeah, I, normally I'm a Carnahan fan. I've I've not actually actually no, I've not seen. It. It's Cop Shop, Cop Shop. That's the that's one. It. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, so uh, I'm going to roll some incredibly loaded dice right now. Mark hated it. Uh, this. Yep. <laughs> he said it would have been nice if it had been funnier. 
Mm. Which is not scathing by his standards. To wow. Yeah, he sat through it. Okay. Yeah. I expected worse. Yeah, I guess I did. I don't know what it is that charmed him. Maybe he's changed. Maybe he's softening. <laughs> Maybe he was just on his phone, not paying attention. So, uh, when did you first see it? Oh, you didn't. You just answered that. About God. three days ago. Good, yeah. great, excellent. So, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about watching this. I watched it in a screening room uh, just before its release. Uh, gave it four out of five in the paper, as I said, on Monday. Wasn't sure I was going to feel about it because, like you, bloody loved the original A-Team. But specifically, I styled myself as Howling Mad Murdoch yeah, as a Yeah, he child. was my absolute favourite. Brilliant. Yep. You're not going to like this. I mean, you might like this. You might not care. You can. People can be right-wing and all right, but <laughs> Dwight Schultz, who plays Murdoch, is quite a, a, an active right-wing commentator. It's just a little bit heartbreaking because I was also a big fan of him in Star Trek as well. Mm. So I, I just a lot of my childhood was taken up with watching him do stuff. But whatever, yeah, you know. I mean, I've honestly, I, I, I blame Murdoch for why I spent a huge portion of my childhood in um, baseball hats because I was just obs- obsessed with him. His look, <laughs> right. the jacket, yeah. the converse, yeah. everything. It's he a good great. look. He was great. He's great. So I wasn't sure. And then I watched it and I was like, yep, I, I buy into this. Great. Love it. <laughs> We're fine. Brilliant. Fly a tank. So I'll tell you a bit about it. Uh, the original A-Team, five seasons there were of the original A-Team between 1983 and 1987 on NBC in the US, ITV here. Uh, the first three seasons, huge hits. Fourth, for no clear reason, ratings started to drop. And the fifth season, no one was really interested in it anymore, uh, to the point that NBC even screened the finale as the penultimate episode by mistake. Oh, so no. A lot of people, uh, no one seemed to care. There wasn't a like, oh, you ruined the end of the A-Team. No one was watching. Just died a, a sort of slow death but it is fondly remembered for a few things uh the fact that no one died that theme tune ha oh, and obviously those four characters uh so much so that when yahoo did a survey in 2003 of which and this is 2003 so i i think literally all of these have been updated by now right now uh, and more but when they uh, asked what old tv show would you like to see rebooted mm-hmm. for the big screen uh, the a team was number 1 right uh, beat out Dukes of Hazard at number two and Knight Rider at number three. It's a 20-year-old survey <laughs> you're talking about right now, but valid, a valid point. <sighs> cool cars, that's all it is. It's boys going, I love the 18 van, I like Knight Rider, I like, I like the General Lee. Great. So, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, it's been around since the mid-90s, though, the idea of rebooting the A-Team. Couldn't, I dug and dug, and I couldn't find much about those mid-90s scripts, who was writing them, who was talked about directing them. Yeah, well, I was interested. I I did try to do this level of research. I was saying to Nikki on our way in, but I wanted to know if someone had, you know, was there a little bit of that Hollywood thing where someone's like, I'm writing a script for the losers and guess what it's got in it? Or I'm writing the A-team and mm-hmm. guess what? And then, you know, it's things by osmosis, let's say. The Dread yeah. Raid situation. Yeah, yeah, because the similarities. I don't, I, I'm not even talking about the central conceit. That's fine. You, No one gets to own that. But I mean about the billion in cash and the LA port and mm. stuff like that. It is remarkable. Yeah, trapped in a skyscraper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I couldn't find anything. No, I don't think there is. I think... It's just one of those things, one of those weird anomalies. I, got, I was like, is it, is it part of a wider conspiracy? Does it go all the way to the top? And someone's like, this secret I will carry to my grave is about the losers and the A-team. That's mad that I would have to do that. But I have. And there's a filing cabinet somewhere with like, like from uh, the Writers Guild. It's like Citizen Kane. Rosebud, <laughs> yeah. the A-team and the losers. It is, yeah, their the dying confession. It was stolen. 
I can only find John Singleton. Uh, that's uh, that was just before Joe Har- Carnahan uh, took the reins. Uh, he was uh, up for doing it. Uh, it was going to come out in two thousand nine. Uh, he left the project after. Fox postponed it so they could concentrate on the Alvin and the Chipmunk sequel. Oh, that is good, though, to be fair. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, didn't, didn't David Cross write a, an essay about why he shouldn't have been in something about not being in Alvin and the Chipmunks? You know he's in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And I think he wrote a, 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 an online essay about why. I would like to find that. Uh, that I need to find that. Yeah. Anyway, John Singleton uh, was going to do it. Ice Cube was then going to be B.A. Baracus uh, in a 2008 interview. Ice Cube said, hell yeah, especially with John Singleton directing. I wouldn't try and duplicate what Mr. T did, but I will have the same impact. It would not be a dream come true, but <laughs> it would definitely be a good thing to do. This is what's wrong with <laughs> you. It's like Jason Patrick going, I don't want to do it, but you have to. <laughs> it's the Jason Ungrateful. Patrick school of... Uh, yeah. Uh, promoting Press. a movie. <laughs> yeah. just, it would not be a dream come Not yeah. be Just to be clear, I don't true. really want to do any of it. He also says, they want me to do it, and if the business works out right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, come on. If the money works out right, yes. yeah. Not not a dream of mine. <laughs> not, not a dream. Yeah, okay. Uh, don't do it then. <laughs> there were also rumours of George Clooney as Hannibal Smith. Oh, I remember that. Which I can both see yes. and fundamentally do not believe. Why? Because that 2010, do it, or, yes. Yeah. 2010, George Clooney was not in a position to go, sure, Hannibal Smith, BA team, I'll do that. Yeah. He wasn't making those kind of movies. Yeah, but he, w- he would have been good though. And he, I say this oh as God. a big, big Neeson fan. He'd have been great. Yeah. He could have pulled it off completely. Uh, but yeah, he, he just he just wouldn't. Uh, so, Singleton Parts, Smoking Aces director Joe Carnahan comes on board. He writes the film along with Skip Woods, who um, his CV includes the good, the bad, and the worst. Uh, Swordfish. Yeah, you like that, don't you? I love that. <laughs> saw that with your friend Emma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to see it. And that, I remember coming back and just like buzzing about that first. Uh, it's Dominic Senna uh, directs it. And it's uh, uh, that first 360 degree ball bearing explosion mm-hmm. at the start of Swordfish. We were sitting, I don't know why, I think Emma forgot her glasses or something. Did right. she wear glasses? Anyway, so we had to sit at the front. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> I can sit at the front. But then that explosion, I was like, so glad I was sitting at the front. So I, <laughs> I was like, what? It was a proper, it was. It was at the time, and I've rewatched it, and it it hasn't aged as well, or it hasn't had the same effect that it did in the cinema. But for me, it was a fucking Trinity doing the yeah. kick in the Matrix moment. I was just like, mind blown. Yeah. This is incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, Swordfish is a good one. Uh, then Hitman, uh, A Good Day to Die Hard, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. Uh, Brian Bloom also worked on the script, uh, who plays Pike. Mm. He's great. So fucking great. And a bit, I mean, I can't, well, did he write a version of the script where he doesn't get to do anything until the last 20 minutes? <laughs> like, what happened? I know. But there's your villain. I mean, yeah. Like, because the movie lacks a, an antagonist completely. Well, because he's tried to tri- triangulate the baddie in some way. So you've got these three baddies. Yeah. But three bad guys triple crossing each other is not as good as one bad guy. And he sat right there. He's so good. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a shame. So funny. So he also, he obviously he's Pike and he co-wrote the script. He was the co-writer of the best-selling uh, in the series, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and has pretty much voiced a uh, character yeah. in, <laughs> like, in every cool video game you've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. He's Nick Reese in Call of Duty. Yeah. In, like, and so, yeah, he's like, 
He's great, which sort of maybe this is the way I look at it. If you're being paid a shit ton of money to voice video games, you don't need it. You, and you're just like, I'm not after the fame thing. I like working. Mm-hmm. Are you bothered about being in movies? That's the only way I can explain out the fact that he's so good in this and yet hasn't really done much more after this. He's just done so much more voice work. Yeah. <sighs> Love him so much. It's so funny. That screwing on the barrel thing, that whole scene in the brilliant. car. Absolutely brilliant. Just the timing, the delivery. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so. We've got a cast. Uh, unfortunately, timing-wise, uh, this film just misses the best window for two of the biggest stars. So Liam Neeson had done Taken mm-hmm. at this point, yeah, but wasn't yet the household action star, latter-day action star, that he was going to go on to become. But Taken was massive at the time, wasn't it? It was massive, but I think... It Is was, it a bit of a shock? It was an, anom- it was an anomaly. Mm-hmm. It was like, that was Neeson's action movie, and obviously, you know, because of its success, he went on to do this, but people didn't sort of go, Neeson, action. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. So they sort of missed that. And then Bradley Cooper as face, he'd done The Hangover, which again, mm-hmm. was massive, but then a couple of duds... Um, Including, uh, I, 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 I hate to bad mouth your, your, your girl here, but uh, all about Steve, Sandra Bullock. Oh, man, it's, it's, that is, it's a bitter pill for me to swallow because obviously everything she touches is amazing, but mm. it's not. No, no, not no. Always. no. <laughs> not always, and yeah. She must shoulder some of the blame. She, uh, I'm she sorry. must. She simply must. I'm sorry, but Sandy B is partly to blame because yeah. she, she knows a good script. It was a humbling day when I saw that film. She's picked a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah. What on earth was she doing in that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, it, I don't even understand the character. I don't want to get into it because it gets pretty dark pretty quickly, but I'm not sure what she's meant to be <laughs> no. in that film. So those are the big two. As I was saying, yeah, so he had a couple of duds, uh, but then shortly after this, we get Limitless, which really established him as a, a leading man. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he go on to do one of his best movies, if not his best movie, Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, it's great. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. So, then we get Charlotte Copley, Howling Mad Murdoch. Uh, this was his first role after his breakout in 2009's District 9. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and sadly, in the same breath, the last time we really get to see Charlotte Copley be let loose yeah. and do his thing. You know, he improvised a lot in District 9, improvises a lot here. Fun, crazy character. And then not given the roles. Yeah. I watched Beast at the weekend. What's that? The new Idris Elba Killer Lion movie. He's got oh, a. Yeah. He's in that in one of a. Is it good? No. Is it really not? It makes that cardinal mistake that if you're going to do a killer animal movie, oh yeah, you cannot make us sympathise with the animal because for the whole thing you're sort of like, well, if it's going to die, oh, like Cujo kind of thing. No, well, yeah, a little bit like Cujo. So the, at the start of this, the reason the lion is a killer lion is because poachers kill its pride. Yeah. And so for the whole thing, it's lost its pride. It's gone a bit mad. And you're like, well, it's a tragic character. Yeah. At least like you look at something like Ghost in the Darkness, uh, Ghost in the Darkness, and they try and make the lions actually evil. Yeah. Like they go, the lions are killing for sport. Yeah. They're just evil fucking lions. This is a lion that's reacting to humans killing it's like it's kin it's fair enough yeah. and so you just sort of like it when it the bit where it has to die to say like that sort of like fist pumping Idris and his kids are safe yeah you're sort of like poor, poor lion poor thing yeah Jaws Jaws no not Jaws Jaws 3 where they kill the shark's baby yeah and you're like okay so that's <laughs> awful Orca kill a whale. I mean, granted, that is a piece of shit movie, but like they, the whale gives birth and mm-hmm. the propeller flicks its like newborn like onto the deck of the ship and it dies. And you're like, well, I can't wait to see it kill everyone. <laughs> yes. So 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a bit of an aside. So finally, uh, the weak link. Are you? Did you? Were you really excited for Beast? I when I saw the tagline, I was like, "It's, it's." I like you know, I like a clean premise and a simple premise, and it seemed to be a bit of a, a hark back to. We speak a lot, don't we? I think we might be coming out of this now. I don't know. If, I don't know where we are with like you know COVID, and it was like the death of cinema, and it's just going to be Bond, and then that didn't work, and then it's just going to be superheroes, and but now that's all on telly, and I was like, oh, maybe we're seeing a shift back towards simple logline, starry cast. You know how this is going to go, and I was I felt quite celebratory about it for that, so I just wanted it to be good. <sighs> now you make me feel like a right shit for slagging it off. Because, no, but what is no, that? because I'm... I really fundamentally believe in that idea yeah. that we get back to sort of those mid-range sort yeah. of sixty million to save seventy cinema. million. Yeah. Block, but like blockbusters yeah. in, in, to a certain degree in the sense that like you say starry cast and action and you know not not just sort of you know dramas or, or like low budget horrors yeah it's either stuff. Oscar Bay or I don't know like. exactly you know, like the Bourne movies, like the Bourne, like I remember an interview with Matt Damon and he was basically saying the movies that I made that made my name just don't exist yeah. anymore. It's your mega budget, 250 million or, you know, you're like micro budget. Yeah. But Beast is still not good. So, uh, <laughs> uh, finally, uh, the weak link, in my opinion, um, is uh, Quinton Rampage Jackson, MAA fighter turned actor turned back to MAA fighter. Yeah. Uh, not, he's not terrible at all. He's just got three other castmates who are all on fire mm-hmm. in this. And so he's the weak link. Mm-hmm. Only made $177 million dollars on a hundred million dollar budget and so the profit basically the reason we never got a sequel and this didn't become the franchise that it was intended to cooper neeson and Carnahan have all gone on record and gone it simply does not make enough money yeah uh, which is the bottom line 48 percent on rotten tomatoes absolute nonsense <laughs> critics <laughs> failed this film <laughs> okay seriously Seriously. Uh, Shalto Copley, uh, he said that uh, people still come up to him. District 9 and this are the two movies that people come up to him. He says, I was in a set. This is when he was this doing... This is like his two movies, though. <laughs> no, no, you just said that. No, it is. It is. I sort of... Cause, cause you gone... set that up. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Poor Shalto. Shall we talk about the movie? Please. Animals first, obviously. <laughs> uh, Liam Neeson being cool, uh, thanks to some... Idiot bad guys who I know. go, it, it's, it's... I don't, I mean, come on, I like It's it. the A-team, let's remember that yeah, it's the A-team. and it's fine. But I remember Hannibal as super smart, really smart. Like, yeah. you know, he knows like, he's, he's two steps ahead and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So when they're like, you couldn't possibly use your own gun, you're like, that's fucking lucky as shit though, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, what of them was like, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> like, you are dead. Yeah. So the pin, brilliant. But... The idea that they go, well, you can't have your prince on your own gun is either later on he needs to go, I understand how that team, that that gang works so perfectly and I understand the policing system in this country so intricately that that's how I knew that was going to happen. Yep. Otherwise, what a gamble. What a, what a bit of luck. <laughs> the dogs are hungry. Fantastic news. I really, I just took the pin out and that, that was the end of my plan. Yeah. But if your dogs are hungry, yes, that's fantastic news. I also thought... I don't know what I was thinking because I'm, I'm more attuned now to animal cruelty, not real animal cruelty, <laughs> but 
the perception of what the audience might feel around animals because I've spent more time with you. And You're that's, welcome. That's not a good thing. You know, it's not something that I'd ever been really conscious of yeah. or cognizant of. I was, you know, aware of a vague sense of like, oh, I'm not sure about that. But you've always said, you know, if once you see, if you see a dog, people love dogs. You can't kill a dog. And then I was like, oh my god, he's gonna just because the Sorry dogs go into the darkness, yeah. and I thought you're just gonna see a muzzle flat, and then dead dogs. Yep. And when they came running back out, I was like, that's that's you. Yeah. <laughs> you get you get to do the opening you want with dogs, and yep. they're just handcuffed. <laughs> together which is kind of a funny image like yeah. two dogs hang handcuffed you can paw cuffed neck cuffed because it's on the necks yeah collar cuffed cuffed together that's the way to do it yeah cuffed together yeah i do think he's gonna kill them though but they're stepping out of the darkness and lighting that cigar <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> love it yeah he's good he's good in this uh he's and- himself i mean he's I feel I've seen, maybe it's because Hannibal is a very relatable character, shall we say. Good, good. go with yeah. that. Yeah. Go with um, that. I'm, he, he is a bit, what's he called in Take? And I always forget because he's got a normal name. Brian, Dad, whatever he's called. <laughs> uh, oh, shh. Brian, it is Brian. It's, it's Brian. And his yeah. name. Uh, Brian what? Normal, whatever it is. Fine. Brian Normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it is Brian. Probably, probably stay off Twitter for a bit. They <laughs> <laughs> think the guy from Taken is Brian Normal. <laughs> Brian Everyman, whatever. <laughs> Brian Dadman, that's it. Brian Dadman, yeah. <laughs> Brian Gunman, Brian Finder. Yeah. Brian Finder, there it is, there you go. Yeah. Chris would know, that's yeah. the thing, that's what's so Brian annoying. Searcher. <laughs> yeah. Brian Daughter Finder. Daughter Finder. Yep. yep. Lovely, yeah. Uh, I don't know, I think maybe you're right. I think, yeah, it's Neeson doing Neeson, but he steps when he's in this particular moment, sure. when he steps out of those shadows, very softly, we get those trumpets. I know, but I got sad that they make me wait too long for... They use that as an echo later for BA, and we'll get to that because there's something that I find very unpleasant about the arc for BA in this film, but mm-hmm. obviously we'll get there. But I, when I hear that music, I'm like, duh, duh, where's the rest of the music? Fine, let's do, let, let's do this now. Yep. What a fucking fuck-up! <laughs> It's, yeah. Genuinely, it is one of the worst decisions yeah. in the history of Hollywood. Sure. This movie does not have a franchise because someone mm-hmm. was too proud to go to trade on the most iconic theme tune yeah. of the 1980s. That You put that theme tune over every single action sequence in this and you double, yeah. double the audience response. You play that the minute the credits start. You go... You even do the you do the original opening, the Escape from a Maximum Security Stockade. Yeah. You do that at the end. What are people doing? People are walking out of that cinema with the biggest fucking grin on their face yes. because they are watching this because of nostalgia, because of the A-Team, because everyone knows the A-Team. Yeah. So they're walking out, and what they do, they're telling their friends, you know what you should go see? The A-Team. I fucking loved it. And they loved it because they walked out to that theme tune and they felt like a fucking hero. True. And then we get the franchise. And because someone, and whoever it was, whether it's Mark, if it's Joe Carnahan and I like Joe Carnahan he has to hold his hands up and go this is my call and I fucked up because this theme tune should be all over this money not some like jing 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 rock score that you think like oh it's cool this is no it's 2010 we don't need 80s it's not an 80s theme it's a fucking iconic theme are you okay no I'm I mean, no, so listen, angry because I, I love, love this, this movie I love all of this because you I could not there's no way I could have put it better I a thousand percent agree. <laughs> Do not make me wait for it. Also, you make me wait for the fucking narration. I don't get the they escape from it till the very end. Mm. 
and I've I've been sat here, and also I've been sat here too long. The film is too long. I, I, it's it's very puzzling. It's just bonkers that yeah. someone didn't because go, I got excited because I was like, oh, little tease, no problem. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah. are you waiting my appetite? I was yeah. like, cool, cool, cool. And they, the, the, it literally, the moment it should come in is when that van crashes through the fence to rescue face. You're like, there it is. Yeah. There's your first moment. Where's the score? Idiots. Yes. I got so angry at the time, and I, I, every time I watch this, I'm, I, I, it, it's sort of it's just it's just I would have liked to have seen more of this. I, this is the kind of thing I like, and and it's that that stopped us getting a franchise one hundred percent. Nothing else, absolutely nothing else. That is, let's talk about BA. So uh, Quinton Jackson turns up, uh, kicks some ass uh, to get his van back. Um, the last kick is quite good. The break dancer, like who yeah. flies up to the window, bit of fun. Realise yep. that it's going to be silly fighting, silly yeah. movie. It, and that's tank. true. And that's true. In a minute, you know, when face is boinging down a hill in yep. some tyres, I was I'm up for it, like daft, but yep. fun daft. A lot of people don't like that. A lot of people think, oh, then silly. It's like, no, the A team's silly. You've got to remember, it's a kid show. this is this is got to be silly. This yeah. is not a serious action movie. And also, if you try and make, you know, we're we're 2010, and at the time, I was like, you got to dark knight it. You got to dark knight that shit. And it's like you don't have to dark knight everything though. No. And well done for not dark knighting it, frankly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Bradley Cooper's on form as face. I mean, those full of zingers when uh, he's getting hit in the face. <laughs> Good morning. It's like full. It's like wow. Like now it's a party. I like it. You know, I like shit like that. You do. I do like shit like that. Uh, uh, so uh, then uh, he does that thing with the general, uh, General Tuco. Uh, you come here and have sex with my wife, and he's like, "Yeah, she's fucking beautiful." Yeah. I uh, I was once in Leeds and right sharp uh, left fine okay. a little sharp left uh, outside uh, Bar Revolution on Cole Lane. Oh, I've been there a lot in Leeds. Yeah, in Leeds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we used to have this thing. I used to go to this beer festival in is it called Salt Air Bradford Beer Festival? Right. And then we'd have a few there, brilliant. And then we would go to Leeds and just just we'd go out in Leeds. Own it. <laughs> You, yeah, and that was one of the pit stops along the way, and I love that place. Well, I was yeah. always in the good mood. Like if I'd got you can't walk in there sober for obvious reasons, but I was in always in the right frame of mind. It's a long time ago. I had more energy, but I love it in there. Revolution. I don't oh, even yeah. know if it's still there. I saw. I don't. I haven't been to Leeds in a while. Weirdly, uh, but I'm going to go check it out. If only to relive this moment where um, we come out. Of uh, Revolution and my friend Dan Seed, Seedy, Chris would love that. Yeah. Uh, it's he, an unfortunate name. Is he all right with it? <laughs> He's fine with Is it. he a nice person? No one really calls him that. You've met him. Uh, he was at the wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's not seedy at all. No, he's not. He's, he's really nice. He's really nice. Uh, he bought chilli vodka as our last shot. Yum. Right. Not when you're, I think we were about sort of 17, 18, maybe. Anyway, we were all sort of either throwing up or rubbing our lips <laughs> against vehicles to try and cool them down. <laughs> you babies. And uh, I saw my friend Jonathan Messenger, Messi, get uh, <laughs> get uh, punched. Like, oh, and no. I, the only way I can describe it is a bit like The Shining, uh, where the 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 uh, uh, Scatman Crothers uh, basically he he drives and drives and drives and gets to the hotel, mm-hmm. and Jack puts an axe in his back. Yeah, and I sort of ran and ran and ran, <laughs> and I got there, and I said to this guy, just punched Jonathan Messenger, Messi, what are you doing? <laughs> and the guy just went. Wang and headbutted me no. in my face. Um, that tooth is false. Is it? Well, he headbutted the tooth and he killed like somehow he like the yeah. the shock killed the tooth. Ooh. But that happened years later. But uh, and then he just thankfully he just fucking walks off. Wow. And I said to Messi, I said, "What the fuck was that about?" <laughs> and Messi sort of like like holding his bloody nose was like, "Oh, he, he said, are you looking at my girlfriend?" And I said. 
yeah, she's really hot. I was like, that'll do it. That'll do it. Fucking idiot. Oh, I hate shit like that. Mm. <laughs> well, you hate leads on a night. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, it just, oh, that takes me back in a very unpleasant way. Oh, are you looking at my girlfriend? Grow the fuck up. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the answer to that question is never, yes, she's hot. No. D- unless. Like, no, I, would, I don't even know who you are. And we're going. Yeah. We are leaving now. <laughs> uh, let's get back on track after this break. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So... 
So, uh, Hannibal and B.A. meet by chance. Uh, wow, an airborne ranger happens upon the van of another airborne ranger. It's really confusing to me because also, I, like I said, I thought I'd seen it and this is the point where it's like kind of clicking because I was like, oh, they don't know each other. It's like a 10-minute origin story. 20 minutes even. It's, it's a so long start. It's so odd, mm. yeah. And yeah, like I said, they, well, then they go and get Murdoch and they are escaping for ages and they don't know each other. And I was like, okay, it's quite bold. Like, putting the team together. Yeah, putting the team together. But... I, I, uh, that sort of thing normally really gets to me with the tattoo and he's like, you're a ranger. Yeah, me too. What are the chances? But it's kind of weirdly fine. Yeah. Because, of, of course, because of the love you have for the team, you kind of don't care how they get together. You just want to get together. And so. you're seeing the 18 van, which is one of the most iconic yeah. vehicles of all time. So you're yeah. like, okay, cool. So uh, Hannibal, I mean, oh, that's the other thing. Do you know why I think they do get away with it? Because Hannibal says, I don't subscribe to coincidence. So it feels like the film is going... Okay, you've said coincidence, and that's what we're all thinking. Yeah, that's true. So the fact that you've mentioned it, he goes, no matter how random things might appear, there's still a plan. He says plan a lot. Oh, the through line of the plan has <laughs> started to get to me a little bit. Is what, having mean- a plan, the, the, the insistence on the script to, to use the having a plan yep. as a character trait, mm. when bear in mind we're meeting them at a time that we're supposed to, like maybe forget about the, sh- the old show a bit, because it's like, oh, they're just meeting. And... Liking a plan is not a character trait unless we know why you like a plan so much. So you need to go, the reason I love plans is because the one time I didn't have a plan, mm. my whole family died or whatever it is. But then when later on Face is like, I tried to have a plan and it went wrong. And he's like, don't worry, son, I've got a plan. It's like, oh God, it's just a bit laboured. Because I think as well, especially with even as much as I love the A-Team, BS fear of flying, it just gets on my nerves after a while. It's fine on telly because you had a week between each episode and it was funny and yeah. there's familiar and the repetition that's quite comforting but when you a two hour film you're like just get over the flying thing like it's it's annoying now and the plan thing it's just it's not enough for me to go cool are you not interested in how BA got his fear of flying I am I think this bit's brilliant alright well we'll get to that because obviously uh, we've got a rescue face Uh, I only worked it out this time that uh, I thought he was giving a code to Hannibal when he's like Alpha Mike Foxtrot Mm. I didn't realise it was adios motherfucker I was like oh that's better (laughs) now I've worked that out well done me (laughs) well done me Uh, so um uh, Oh, this this is where I, I bang on about the... the sorry, I'm just looking at my notes, Clash uh, Brothers. And uh, they say this is where I bang on this about... This is where I bang on about the theme, because this is where... Oh, I, you've done it, I've and that's done cool. It. Yeah. I've done it. It so was I'm, great. So I'm just, uh, I'm just getting uh, uh, up to speed here. Well, it was one of the Alex best bits, to thanks, be honest. Yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, it's going on the show reel. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we get... The, you mentioned the Hannibal and Face, the protege master. Face doesn't plan, because he's an idiot. He ends up in tyres all the time. So <laughs> hopefully he'll learn from Hannibal. And we meet Howling Man Mer- uh, just like uh, the TV show we never learn what HM stands for so yep. it gets howling mad um, brilliant pilot totally insane <laughs> um, I do I know I said I love Copley in this role and I do despite my undying love despite his politics for Dwight Schultz yeah. uh, I think sometimes I don't think it's his ad-libbing that's the problem I think sometimes maybe the not great bits were chosen for the right moments in the film there's a bit where he's knighting one of the patients later on Mm -hmm. uh, and it just feels a bit Mm. laboured but I don't think that's him I think if you're improvising which he clearly is it's a scattershot thing and you know whoever is editing it goes I like that That bit it's 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 out of your hands but overall I think he's great do not love the van getting destroyed no of course It, it feels 
Disrespectful. It feels disrespectful, but it feels intentionally disrespectful. Yeah, of course. It feels like that thing where Conan's gone, that's the old A-team. Welcome to my A-team. You're like, don't. Because if you're going to destroy it, fine. But then I need to see it come back and then present BA with his van, which I'm pretty sure is in an episode of the TV show, where they whip <laughs> off a sheet and his van is yeah! like, my van! Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, and then they need it for the final thing and BA's back in his van and you get BA in his van, which is the A team. Yeah. So bad call again. Not as big as the theme tune issue, but still pretty shitty. So the helicopters. Amazing. I thought the chase was amazing. So good. It's such a good time. Mm. It's really good. It's brilliant. Yeah. That loop de loop and then Perfect. the general two cocoa. And you see the way he did the thing. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Weird little bit to use. So weird. Mm. And on the page, you'd be like, nope, can't do that. Yeah. Like, it's just got to be a baddie. Yeah. But it's it just because you end up going, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. He's so good. It's, it's such a good moment. And then the stalling the engines and the heat seat because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, and you're is. just like, I am in love with this movie. And any problems that I had with the van getting destroyed the theme. Yeah, I've, I've forgotten. I've, I've forgotten mm-hmm. for a moment. So, fast forward eight years. Oh, shit, no. Not fast forward eight years. First, I I say that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in love with this movie. And then, because you've just seen General Tuco being funny, mm-hmm. rather than have him forced to land over American soil, they kill him. Yeah. Bad taste in the mouth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You don't kill him. No. It's like, that's not what the... Fundamentally, I'm not going to... I'm not going to bang on because uh, Mr. T did a great job of this uh, around the time the movie was released. I'm not going to bang on about how people die in this and that never happened in the A-Team. Mm-hmm. But I think you've got to be careful about how you kill them and at what point. And he's just done a funny joke and we like someone who's funny. Yeah. And then to blow him out of the skies, bad call. So it's eight years later. Mm. I nearly missed it. I had to watch it like 50 times. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with me. I rewound it about four times. Gulf War. Yeah. In Iraq. Yep. The stand-in for the Vietnam War from the series, mm-hmm. they're together. Uh, we get a few more characters. Jessica Biel as Faces X, Captain Sosa. Yep. Big fan. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'm coming to why. I'm not going to go early on why, but there is one reason. Yep. There's already been a clue why she is absolutely brilliant in this. Okay. What's uh, your thoughts? I like her. I get it. I, I it's just it, and it's fine. It's the sort of film it is. Not much work is done to like when I, we talk about this all the time. Like what you do? Oh, we've got two characters, and let's they're just going to spar. The sparks are just flying, and it's like that's fine. And you do it in the dialogue, but doesn't always translate onto the screen. And so what you're watching is a really good attempt. And I don't know what magic is missing, but it's like she's just turned up, and now they're rehashing this relationship thing. And I, I don't know. I just didn't get it in films like this where the male character will say to the female character essentially say you didn't used to be this uptight and she's like oh damn you you just get to me kind of thing <laughs> and she's like fucking you know she's professional she has a higher rank than him and all the rest of it but god does he know how to get to it <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine he's got under my skin again <laughs> he mentioned the steely damn thing <laughs> And it's fine when it's Bradley Cooper because you would just be liquid. There's nothing you can do in the face of a man that looks like that. So beautiful. It's just unbearable mm. to look at him. So fine. Of course, he can just crank on a <laughs> silly dance CDs. But, you know, she marches in there. God, do your thing. And then it's just that I get it. The bants, I get it. But I just needed a bit more suggestion of what they were. I can't imagine them together. That's the thing. I imagine she was very different. And I don't see, I want to see that very different person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll explain in a bit why she is uh, one of the greatest things ever in this movie. Uh, so, uh, Patrick Wilson shows up as CIA man Lynch. Genuinely, I was racking my brains. I don't think I've ever seen Patrick Wilson not be great. I yeah, huge fan. I think I can't remember. Was it called Morning Glory? I, I doubt it was, and yet it feels like it probably was. With Rachel McAdams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is called I Glory. didn't think he was very good in that, but then I hated that movie. Yeah. So anything else? Uh, I think he's great, and I think he's so good. This is what the, this was the first time I went. Who's that actor? I didn't really know who he was before I saw I the eighteen. Him. Yeah. I and I was like, who's that? And uh, he he's okay here, but he's playing it quite straight here. But as the movie goes on, he just gets better and yeah. better. Yeah. Um, you know the bit. You know the bits I'm talking about. Broadsword. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, Did you come up with that? I know you Broadsword. like that, but he kills it because the, the uh, cut cut scene. Say it once, but he's like, oh, I, should, I should use that. But he's, he's gone too far. Like cut the scene. Those lines. Those uh, CIA's got rules. Our rules are just cooler than yours. <laughs> Brilliant. It's great. He's what bloody Jason Patrick's uh, Max should have been. This is this yes. Is... I would say he more fully inhabits that character than Jason Patrick fully inhabits Max. Mm. As in, he seems like a you know a dickhead <laughs> that's that's got a bit too much power and a maniacal streak and all the rest of it. Yeah. But again, it's not it's not necessarily the fault of the character. These the baddie. We've got a three way baddie situation going on. So none of them come. Not we don't get. I don't get the fullness of a baddie. But like pick a lane, pick one. Yeah. And at this point, you don't know that Lynch is a bad guy. And then by the time you do, it, it kind of comes out of the not out of the blue, but it is a bit of a shock. Yeah. And you haven't got time to bed in with it. I don't think. I, I think you're right. I think when you said earlier, because they're fighting against each other, they're double crossing each other. Even at the end, when you want Pike and Lynch to be like this sort of duo yeah. who are like, because they're now together yeah. on top of it, it's because they're, they're fighting each other yeah. and the A team. So, why so they're care? already at a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, it's silly. More pike, please. So uh, we get the start of these double cross scenes. These engraving plates um, that are used to print U.S. currency. Uh, the A team have to go and find them. Then uh, Lynch demands that General Morrison send the A team to rob this truck. I do like the way the truck robbery happens. Big fan the Ocean's Eleven style thing where it's the heist cut in with the planning of the heist. I agree with you. I think they're very pleased with themselves with this, which is a device. You know, we've seen it in Ocean's Eleven and all the oceans, yeah. where it's the present becomes the future, becomes the past, and all the rest of it. No problem. However, they repeat it later with the shipping containers. It's like for fuck's sake, we get it. Like you know, you've done it once already. What I was mystified by is they have the okay from Morrison to do the job, yes? Yeah. Why have they got to steal all their shit then? Where's the financial backing? They're like, we need blue paint, we need a microphone, we need a camera. There you go, lads. I've bought it for you. No, go and fucking steal that shit. It makes no sense. Oh, yeah. It's cool and it's fun. Maybe it's because it's a covert mission that no one really knows about because they do go on about it later on. They're like, no one knew about this mission apart from General Morrison. Yeah, who couldn't lend dead. him, what, 300 quid to get a microphone? <laughs> yeah, also, it would it would be a red flag if you thought you were going to be double-crossed. It's like, why are we having to steal this? No reason. And uh, also, what, I, I give you a bit to be a paper trot, trail. Maybe all he's given them is like, what I've done is I've commissioned, especially, some tiny figures <laughs> that you can use during this extended visualisation scene, but you have to go and steal everything else. <laughs> I only had budget for tiny figures. The rest is up to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird when Hannibal's I, like, and here's tiny you, and then you jump over this. It's like, where have you got these little men from? Yeah. No? Yeah. And also, which puts it back with parity with the losers, as handsome a man as Bradley Cooper is, that thing with the French reporter, no. Like, she did not give her consent. You got you don't just get off with her. Like you can't. I'm sorry, but you can't. It's not it's not good. 
And then she's like, okay, cool. She's allowed to react like that. It's whatever, whatever. But the way it's done, the scene, you're just meant to go, that's fine because he's fit. So It'd be interesting to know where that wave actually broke, what the movie was. I'd be fascinated to know where what the movie was where someone had written in that stock moment where good-looking guy kisses a girl without asking and she goes... This is great. This is brilliant. This is what I've been waiting for. Um, so I wonder what it was. I wonder what the first script that was handed in where someone went, yeah, do you know? We no. are not going to do Interesting. this. There's a good, um, there's a campaign by an Australian PR company. There's an Australian campaign to have as part of the certification process. I don't think this will happen, but it's a fun campaign and it raises awareness and all the rest of it. You know, you get, you know, nowadays you get a much more descriptive uh telling of what's going to happen so what they are campaigning for is non-consensual something or other like non-consensual acts in this film so they've done a fun campaign where they show every single instance of where they would like it to be retrospectively applied as well starting with Star Wars and some people are like fuck you but it's like okay because it's true like he just leans in for a kiss and when Han Solo does and then when you're looking at the still she's kind of looking like I don't know. What? And yeah, and it says... Zoinks? A lack of a yes means there's no consent. I, I I completely understand the idea, but it's one of those where if you were really serious about making this happen, you wouldn't have made that your first target. But they're a PR agency, so they know what they're doing, you know. So, this whole plates thing, I was like, well, it seems like such a, a weird... A weird thing to drop into an AT movie, this convoluted plot with all the double crossings about these engraving plates. Yeah. Uh, I've, it was actually uh, the crime they didn't commit that they were arrested for no in way. the original series. Oh, I love that. They were sent on a covert mission to steal gold bars from the Bank of Hanoi, Hanoi to end the war in Vietnam. They succeeded, but when their commanding officer was killed, the team wasn't able to prove they had broken into the bank under orders. Yeah. And that's what that was the crime from the cool. original. Amazing. So it is. It's it's on the money. So Pike and Black Forest Gatto steal the plates and kill General Morrison. So what is Black Forest? Is it was it from the TV show? And I forgot. No, no, I no. So I remember... they've come up with a, a Black Ops team and they've called them Black Forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they don't have they don't have the cake over there then. Uh, no. Okay. No, but that's uh, a shame. I've they never, are missing out. I've never heard Black Forest. I, I mean, I understand that Black Forest is the Black Forest, it's but a region. You, yeah, yeah, you just sort of go Black Forest Gatto. Yeah, of course. It's you a do. weird thing. I like the idea of them. I think there's something, there's a, a sort of throwaway line which leans into something bigger, which is this idea that they are not uh, accountable. Uh, they they can't be prosecuted by a military court, which is fascinating. These private contractors oh, yeah. working within the US Army in the Gulf War. That feels like an exciting sort of topic to get into. Yeah. But uh, but no, they're just Black Forest Gatto. <laughs> So it's a real that you have private military security companies yeah. where I used to work. We had a campaign against them because, you know, it's tax taxpayers money and, and they are less accountable than your armed forces mm. in theory and sometimes in practice. And, you know, there was there are certain there are there are loopholes that they are able to access that the armed forces as run by the government are not able to access. I don't know whether or not they can't be tried. I can't remember. But um, it is it's a, a sort of shadow mm. of your armed forces. Yeah. Yeah. But they hike so good, they're like frat boys with guns. Yeah. Cool. 
It's cool. So, uh, Sosa gets blamed because something, something, something. She was responsible for this whole thing. Unsure. Yeah, she she gets demoted. Uh, so, uh, Face shouts at Sosa, are you happy now? <laughs> I don't know why he should be shouting that at her. Yeah. She has never at any point gone, I'm going to see you go down for this. <laughs> so, are you happy now? No, no. I've just been demoted because of what you did. <laughs> I, if anyone should be shouting at anyone, That's I right. should be Leaning over this fucking wooden railing and going, Am I you fucking happy face? <laughs> so true. What, I mean, it fits with the character because it's boys watching this and they're going, Yeah, you tell her, she's fucked up your life. Yeah, she this in, in a scene that I know you love and now I've realised why you like her so much. Mm-hmm. There's a throwaway line that we'll get to which has it's not acceptable. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not. <laughs> I might have misheard it. Uh, six months later, Lynch visits Hannibal in prison, but a sneaky device stops him being filmed on CCTV until we need to see him on CCTV later, where they just sort of go, yeah, we just did this other thing. And it, there it, he is, it totally works. Making it so defunct technology scene, already. Lynch is like, we have a CCTV image. We think it's from somewhere in Europe. Is it a test? Because doesn't he go, oh, it's Frankfurt or whatever he, whatever he says. Where yeah. is it? Is it Frankfurt? It's... Somewhere yeah, it's, it is Frankfurt, but they, yeah, it is. So when Lynch says, we think it's from somewhere in Europe, is the test, you figure out where it is in Europe, because otherwise I won't set you free. Because otherwise I do not understand why Lynch, CCTV stands for closed circuit television. It comes from a camera. So you know what camera it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe it's a very US thing to go, it's from somewhere in Europe. And someone in the Midwest is like, Europe's fucking tiny, doesn't matter. But we know that Europe is massive. And so to say it's from somewhere in Europe is broad. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm going to give it a pass because potentially it could have just been sent to the CIA as a, as a file with a Europe as stamp a, on it. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, no, like they're going to email. They might not know which camera it came from. But I, I don't think it is a test. I think the joke is Hannibal's got the same image, but it's crystal clear. Yes. Whereas Lynch's is like all pixelated. He's like could be from anywhere in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean the weird thing is at this point Lynch is a good guy still. Yes. And you are like, what I find really interesting is that there's no, we never get the reveal. Like, it feels like the movie misses a trick. There's a scene missing, yeah. Where he suddenly, because suddenly he's like, later on, you're like, Lynch has been a bit well, weird. Well, let's talk about it. It's a jumping ahead, but we can come back. When they, when he's in the hotel yeah. with his guy and the, the, a woman, I think she's called Debs, and she does get a name, but that's what made me wonder. He's horrible to her, and he's like, "Why do we have you around?" And he's like, "Oh, because she's hot." But she, um, she gives him the finger on the way out, so she gets her little moment back. Mm. But for a character that I don't remember seeing again or prior, no, she's not in it again. She's named, so that's that's a kind of a weird choice because she doesn't. Why would she get a name? Why would she not just be Hot Girl Three or whatever? Right. So I wondered if there was a scene missing where she's a bit more integral to the plot. And it's the reveal that Lynch is a baddie rather than it's just his attitude just changes completely and you realise he's a a bad guy. Also, or or you... Yeah. I mean, you definitely want... It sort of seems wasted that you can't do a big reveal where he's actually in front of the A-team. Yeah, true. And it's kind of mad. Like, when you start picking at it, because he sort of gradually becomes bad, independent of talking to Hannibal... And then when Hannibal next interacts with him, Hannibal knows he's a bad guy. Yeah. And you're like, well, well how do you know that? Because the last thing was a good thing. Yes. And a bit confusing. Um, I like it. I do, I do like the convoluted plot. It does feel more Mission Impossible than the A-Team. Yeah. The A-Team, I, I never... 
I was eight years old. I never came away from an episode of the eight and going, I have no idea what <laughs> happened. That's so true. What on earth? Yeah, it was very obvious. Yeah. So uh, Hannibal has a chemical that nearly kills him. It's good. So Satan walks into a bar. Funny. Again, very risky though. I mean, he does nearly die again. He's not as a boss and it's same with the losers. Mm. I am questioning his leadership <laughs> abilities a little bit. He seems to like to sail a bit close to the wind. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, when he breaks Face out of prison, so first of all, um, Face using the sunbed, uh, this is where there was going to be a Dirk Benedict yeah. cameo in this thing. Yeah. You stayed till the end. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get, let's talk about those when we get to them okay. at, at, the, at the very end. But this is where there was meant to be a Dirk Benedict cameo. But they deleted a, a scene where when Hannibal breaks face out, he face fights Hannibal, first of all, because he, he's like, he he's like, my parole was coming up. Yeah. Like, he, like, so maybe that feeds into the idea that he's lost faith in Hannibal and doesn't yeah. really believe in him mm-hmm. and his ability. Which would be good. To plan. To f- have a plan. <laughs> yeah. I did the press uh, conference for this. I hosted the press conference for this movie. And I remember saying so to Bradley Cooper. Um, I was like, so Face, uh, your character Face, he seems a bit vain uh, in this. And he went, no, he's not. Oh. I was like, cool, this is going well. <laughs> Everyone said Quinton might be difficult, but no, it's you. Because I thought, I remember thinking about the scene, he's vain. Like, yeah. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people tan now and it's not a vanity thing. Oh, I think thing. it really dates it. I, do, I think now knowing what we do about the, about the harmful effect of UV whatevers, mm. You don't see a tanning booth that often. Because fake tan has really come on as well, so you don't need to. It's your choice, but you don't have to. So it dates it for that. But I, I think, I don't know, maybe just maybe just objected to vain. I don't know. I think he did. I think maybe he felt like I was saying Bradley Cooper's vain. You're vain. Mm, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. you are. Yeah. No, you are. That's, isn't, that, isn't that dialogue from The Losers? <laughs> I think it is. I think that's actual dialogue. But it's funny, I think I really like Bradley Cooper as a person, (laughs) I think. You haven't done anything? Okay. Oh, he was lovely. I did him again for the uh, A Star Is Born. Yeah. And after after that, he came up and he was like, man, there was a really, really great, those were really great questions. I was like, I love you. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Please touch me. What? Um, But the thing, you know, again, it's written for his character and it's just, it made me feel a bit sad because I don't remember this in the TV show, but if it had been there, I wouldn't have noticed it anyway because I was a child. Child. But mm. the thing with the guard with the knickers, and he's like, "You left your red knickers in here," oh, yeah. and she's like, "Of course I did," or whatever. And it's like, "Oh, right. What? Why there's a female guard in your prison is that's not right." Mm. But also, what the fuck? Like, what's this? <laughs> what's this here for? Yeah, I mean, you've got you got the tanning, you got like his big thing, his big like wardrobe, like he's walking around in a dressing and he's got a massive cell. Yeah, that. That's enough to that show that enough. he's having a good time in I think prison. So, yeah. We don't need to know that he's also <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I so I didn't enjoy that. It just made me feel, I made me feel naive. Like you say, it doesn't need to be there. No. So we're off to Germany to break Murdoch out of a psychiatric hospital, and so begins the greatest twenty-five minutes of cinema from <laughs> two thousand and ten. Two of the greatest moments of this film. Great scene number one. Okay. Three D cinema was already very shit <laughs> in 2010. It's so Clash of the Titles, Titans, <laughs> fuck. It's like reflex now. Clash of the Titans, uh, amongst others, had already sunk the 3D cinema ship with some shitty conversions. So Joe Carnahan 
It's funny having a scene that mocks 3D movies. Okay. Uh, As you will probably notice, the 3D movie, the text that comes on screen uh, for The Greater Escape, I think the film's called that they're watching, (laughs) Uh, we see the name Reginald Barclay. It's a fictional movie. That's his character. Star Trek, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then we get Jessica Biel... Captain Sosa, Lieutenant Sosa comes in and granted, she does take uh, her 3D glasses off a patient uh, who's watching this. Apparently she just snatches them and starts watching it. But let's put that to one side and um, and just enjoy the fact that this is so well done. The music, we get the theme. It's its only use. The original. Finally. Beautiful. And then the payoff Double payoff, wham, the Humvee comes through the wall, wham, beat, cheer! It's so good! <laughs> it's perfect! I yeah. remember pumping, fist pumping the air, I was like, yes! Yes, it's very silly and it's very enjoyable. But it is very silly. When they break BA out with the door, with the van, that's yeah. the kind of silly I enjoy because it's quite, you know, here we are and the timing is perfect. Driving the truck through the wall at the exact right moment is just stupid. Brilliant. But, oh, brilliant. But pulling, you know, pulling the back off the van, uh, the prison van. Boring. Seen it a million times. Seen it in everything. I'm sure I've seen it in an X-Men movie. I've seen it in so many different yeah, things. Yeah, fair enough. I've never seen that gag. Uh, and so it's exciting because it's new. Yeah. Uh, brilliant and stupid and also warms you up for the next sequence. Yes, it does. I mean, that's the thing. It's... It, what you do need to get into that headspace, otherwise you're just going to be like, well, well, that's not possible. So fine. Well, let's talk about this sequence then. Uh, so this is the scene I used to work out if A, someone gets what kind of film the A-team is, and B, if they're going to like it. Basically, if you think this is one of the greatest action sequences in the last decade, then you get the A-team, you get what this movie's trying to do, and you are going to fucking love this movie. You can yeah. just play some of this movie, you'll spoil it, but you can play this scene and go, do you think that's great? And if they go, fucking awesome, <laughs> they're flying a tank, yes. then you are basically, you're right for this movie. It's just... It's just incredible. I just like... The only reason I bring that up, because it sounds like a really obvious thing to say, is the fact that I spent so long reading people online going, um, what? This is stupid. Um, <laughs> like, basically... I read a like, lot of that as well. Like, They're like, you I, can't fly a tank. A like, tank firing yeah, <laughs> its gun at water is not going to slow its descent. It doesn't work like that. I'm like, duh, does it not? <laughs> I know. I, and I agree with you that the scene is really well paced. I didn't understand what was going on. And then Carissa says they're trying to fly a tank. And I was like, oh, yeah, they fucking oh are. <laughs> that is good. So let's do it. This is why Jessica, in in all my life of loving little funny jokes and little asides and little bits of just that I love. I, I don't think I love anything as much as this. It almost <laughs> brings me to tears. It gives me goosebumps every time. It's the it's the most well-delivered line I've ever heard. Her delivery of yeah. no, they're trying to fly that tank is just perfect. It makes me, it, I, I actually well up thinking about it. Okay. It's just so good. And I understand why I love it so much. It's because a girl is looking at a group of guys with that kind of disdainful thing, but kind of admiration at the same time. It's yeah, like, I They're agree so cool, but they're idiots, but I love them. Yeah, and also it does make you remember that they, she was in a couple with one of them, so that's how she knows that sort of thing. Yes! It's a, re- it's a textured line. It is good. I, I enjoyed it. What I got... My is it the bit? Is it, is it, is it, I, yeah, it I, is. I, I tried to hear it it's twice. It's so fucking it's out of order. Bitch duty uh-huh. or something? Fuck you, Joe, whoever brought that. Because it's what a, is it? So he's she's getting all she's. Sorry, I was about to be. God, internalized sexism is a nightmare, <laughs> right? So 
She is the commanding officer mm. and she is trying to get shit done yep. and she is giving orders. Mm. What that is played out in that scene with a minor character, possibly unnamed, is he reads her as being like stressy, bossy, she's shouting and she's like, do this thing now, get it up on the monitor, whatever the fuck it is, doesn't mm. matter. And he says so to... get his, rid of the other drone. Yes. Yeah. And he says to his mate next to him, he says something like, well, I better do it because otherwise I'm going to be on bitch duty. Right. Something like that. And it's like, how how very dare you? Like, she is your superior and she's mm. given you an order. And it's just that thing always of like, you know, she should be allowed to talk to you like that. But also, if you were a character and you reacted like that, well, like, we can get into that. But we, I think that line is there for the audience to go, oh, yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> and I can't have it. I just can't have that. It's yeah. not fair. Like, yeah, I think because it, I, I'm still sort of I, I'm focused on the tank and yeah. stuff. But I remember, I, it, I heard the word bitch. I couldn't I, I couldn't work out what he was. I thought I thought it was a, this is this is me trying to give it a pass because it's sort of sandwiched in the middle of something I love. So I'm sort of finding a way around it. Probably, yeah, that's fine. Um, I thought it was sort of like the idea that if you. Uh, he had to get rid of the drone because she's commanding him yeah. to shut down that drone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to shut down that drone. Otherwise, I'm going to be on bitch duty. It was like, I'm going to be taken off this kind of cushy job commanding drones okay. and be doing bitch duty. Whatever that is. As yeah. in like <clears throat> sort of like cleaning out the, the latrines, yeah. <laughs> the barracks or whatever. Hopefully. I don't know. That was that was, that was my uh, attempt at sort of ignoring it. Uh, but this, for anyone who's like, duh, don't seem stupid. This is the natural evolution. Remember the A-team used to go into a barn in, in, <laughs> in more than one episode and they'd, they'd find, uh, you know, a, a half some a cow, yeah. half a cow, a picture of some wood and a hen <laughs> and they'd come out in a tank. A nail gun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they'd build, they'd build an armoured vehicle mm-hmm. and everyone was like, that you that can works. do that. Most barns have everything to make an APC. Well, there was always a lot of corrugated iron lying around, wasn't there? Which was crucial. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is this no, is. No, exactly... I agree with you. I think you know Joe Carnahan has set fire to some sort of sacred symbols and totems so far in an, a, a hubristic attempt to be like, no, this is my version. I don't need the music. I don't need that. But this is this is like you said, it's a natural through line mm. and. You get to have it both ways, don't you? You get to do your own thing whilst leaning into what people have paid their money to see. It's good. It's great. Yeah. It's great. And, you know, and he gets all the little buttons right, you know, the fisherman, like where the tank sort of blows him out and he's been dynamiting the fish. And then that laugh that his wife gives. Yeah, that little cackle. (laughs) She's great. So we've done the big thing. It's it's quicker from here on in. Now the tank scene's over. Uh, I don't want to say kind of a bit downhill from here. <laughs> uh, nothing lives up to that. Uh, I do like the fact, as we discussed at the start, we get more Pike, Brian Bloom, great villain. Um, Morrison, uh, sorry, the skyscraper heist, fun. I like BA sliding down the thing. It's cool. Uh, oh, the rest of it's pretty standard stuff and mm. gas and wow, and we never prepared for that, but you should have done because mm. it's really important. Uh, but the sliding down the building, I was like, that feels a little bit fresher. I, yeah. I quite liked it. That's pretty cool. Um, weird that Pike uh, can't hit BA, but can hit a cable that BA's attached to. Sure. <laughs> uh, selectively good shots, but you know, it's the A team. Um, we get that hilarious scene with Pike in the car and Lynch's right hand man trying to screw the suppressor onto the gun. So good. Mm. Just just brilliant. Pike and Lynch uh, join forces for a showdown at the LA docks in a plan faces devised because that is faces arc. Yeah. He's managed to become a plan maker <laughs> as opposed to a plan ignorer. It's so weak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
B.A., you want to talk about the, his arc. B.A., uh, thanks to a quote from Gandhi, has yeah. decided that he can kill people having formerly found uh, peace and uh, made mm. a vow in prison that I forgot to mention where he wouldn't kill people and he wouldn't have his Mohican because those two go hand in hand. Yeah, I I've, I find it distasteful. I will, I'll come back what? to it. Okay. I'll come back to it because I've got a lot to say, but I, I think it's a mistake. I didn't see this film at the time, despite I thought I did. Did it work at the time? I don't know. Did you... Him when you, giving up violence and uh, renouncing violence yeah. and then getting back into violence. At the Being encouraged by his friends to get back into violence. And that the music, you know, you get the, the sting again when he shaves his mohawk and he, you know, he, he doesn't just kill someone. Eventually he's like fucking dr- breaks their heads. Like it's, it's not like, oh, I don't know. It's very unpleasant. The whole arc, which I will come back to, when you saw it originally, where you're like, you fuck yeah, like, did it work? No. No. Okay, that's good to know. No, I didn't. I know the bitch you mean. I know that, for want of a better example, like when you watch the start of Infinity War and Bruce Banner can't turn into the Hulk and you're frustrated for him because it's sort of like you're invested in that, like what the Hulk can do and yeah. how necessary he is at that moment. You're yeah. like, oh my God. Like You're like, come on, do it. And in this, for it to work, you're like, no, B.A., come on, do your Kill thing. Kill a man. And you never are. No. You never and are. he spends a good portion of the action, especially the skyscraper scene, where he doesn't need to do it. He's functional within the team without killing anyone. Yeah. It's, I don't, we'll, we'll get there. I don't like it at all. So, what is Hannibal's arc? Is Hannibal's arc getting his team out of the mess that he put them in I in think Iraq? Because so. it is him who they specifically have him make the plan with Morrison alone, and it was his decision to involve them. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, uh, Mark Murdoch Murdoch doesn't have an arc really, uh, other than the fact that he he sort of has a joke arc in the sense that he's been putting his life in danger and that his teammates life in danger throughout with his crazy flying there's also you know there's a risk attached to it and then he gets that line at the end where he goes who has the most to lose in this face me (laughs) (laughs) and you're like oh that's kind of funny it's funny (laughs) that's kind of funny uh uh, and then uh, the film does undoes all the goodwill it's uh, with one of the most lacklustre climaxes uh, that I, I can remember from the a shipping, film. You don't like the shipping containers? The shipping containers is rubbish. And the fake head? You weren't into like the fake heads? It's also signposted. It's also signposted. Yeah. Well, what, it is because the cups, the cup trick. Yeah, the cup trick, but oh, there's CGI. It's ugly. It's so bad. And also the way, once the shipping containers have all sort of blown up and fallen apart and you've got... Pike being pursued just before he gets killed by BA. The way it's lit and shot, whatever it's like, it's like the end of the world. Like it looks like <laughs> apocalypse. Yeah. Which is weird. It took me out of it. Yeah. I also think as well, we've we put a lot into, again, I think it's a mistake of the film to triangulate the baddie. And we've got this huge speech about with someone like Lynch, it's about their personality. We draw them in, we tease them, or whatever he says, and then we expose them. Yeah. And being exposed in this context means lifting up a shipping container mm. and all his colleagues. <laughs> it's like, that's handy. But I also don't see why that would be that shameful for that man. Because I don't feel I know him as a baddie. Like, I don't see mm. why that would get him. Why would he care? Well, and you clearly proved right when John Hamm turns up and goes, yeah, I'm Lynch too, and he's going to be coming with us. I liked that moment. Because it's like, you've got John Hamm there, Bradley Cooper there. That's a weird <laughs> day on set, isn't it? Because they're obviously just going to hand some off at each other. And I honestly, I've thought about this. I don't know who wins that's a hard one uh well having met both of them in person i can i can tell you that whereas sometimes the camera makes people look better mm-hmm. in both their instances I can't bear it. they are just as beautiful in real life i don't know you can look directly at them 
Mm. I prefer if I if I had to pick one. If they were both coming for me, and I was, <laughs> if I was sitting on my throne in the, day. in the back of the bar, going, which one shall I pick? <laughs> uh, I would certainly take Cooper. Would you? Yeah, interesting. I think so, yeah, uh, but you know, I mean, it's a difficult shout. Mm. Cooper is a bit squeaky, like like very clean shaven. Yeah. Ham's got that sort of slightly bit of a little bit, yeah. little bit like a bit of stubble, like bit a bit, little bit of grey in that stubble as well. Mm. Makes him look dignified, yeah, like he's lived, <laughs> like he's seen a few things, <laughs> like he's been round the block. Yeah. Is that what we mean? I, well, no, I think I, 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 I think I guess I trust him more <laughs> if he wanted to try something crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, he's, this isn't new to him. It's, that's God, that's so true. Yeah. And I didn't realise how important that is until you said it. This can't be your first. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Big calloused hands. <laughs> I've done this loads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me lift you And it here. always ends well. Yeah. Don't you worry about the thing. You are going to have the best time. <laughs> you picked wisely. <laughs> So, oh uh, yeah, um, and then uh, the film ends with them escaping yeah. into the Los Angeles underground, presumably, and yet it doesn't end with, in 2010, a crack commando <laughs> unit was sent to prison. Recap the film, get into the music, get into the fucking credits, ASAFP. <laughs> it's so weird. And there's, uh, like, Carissa, she has... she. She like threatens, jeopardizes her promotion by sneaking this key thing. For what? Like she's never going to see him again. I don't know. I don't get it. Like it's fine, but I guess we're supposed to imagine that in the in the sequel that never was. So she'd yeah. be back. They'd be back. be back, and then yeah. you know they'd be uh, they'd be at it. Uh, she might be wishing it was John Hamm. For his sure. Experience. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I want to be lifted in strange ways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the credits start. Let's get into this. Uh, we're nearly there. The credits start, and instead of the A-Team theme, we get some shit guitar riff. Uh, fuck it. Uh, right, the very, very end. So bear in mind, we uh, 2010, we were not new to what a, a, a post-credits slash oh, no. mid-credits sequence was. This film has the opportunity to slot the two cameos in of Dwight Schultz, and Dirk Benedict, who really probably believed they had shot cameos to feature in the movie, the movie itself yeah. because they don't work as post-credit sequences because they're the, scenes the film in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not to even do a mid-credit sequence. They wait mm. until the last possible yeah. functioning opportunity within the confines of a movie, the very end of the credits, and then there's a pause. And then someone's gone, fuck it, they filmed them. Bang. You don't want to get sued, do you? Stick so. them on screen. Yeah. It's it's embarrassing. It is a bit embarrassing. I mean, it's, it doesn't offend me because it's the the medium is saying to me, you don't, you, no one gives a shit, so you don't need to give a shit, so it's fine. So I, it didn't bother me that it, we're... It, I, I feel sorry for them. I feel I feel yeah. bad for Dirk Benedict and Dwight Schultz. Uh, Dirk Benedict, um, who uh, was bought, uh, born um, Dirk Neuacher. Uh, Neuer, I can't pronounce it. Anyway, the bottom line is he got his name uh, Benedict from uh, his favourite eggs. Did he? Apparently so. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he says of it, um, you'll miss me if you blink. I kind of regret doing it because it's a non-part. They wanted to be able to say, oh, yeah, the original cast are in it, but yeah. we're not. It's three seconds. It's kind of insulting. It's a bit cynical, isn't it? That was his take on it. Uh, and bear in mind, he said that when he still thought he was in the fucking movie. <laughs> he didn't even know he'd been bumped to the end credits. 
Uh, he said uh, D- Dwight Schultz was um, slightly more. Uh, I mean, I can't. Even, it feels like he's having a go at the movie, but he doesn't want to. But he does. It's such a weird quote that he gave about this movie. It pays homage to the series while it eschews its essential working premise. A band of capable military brothers for hire determined to save underdog and usually poor civilians from scum. The team characters are sufficiently different and with so many roles reversed from the original, one could say they are not really derivative, save for their names. That doesn't... That's just words. Just say you fucking hate him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what you've just said. Uh, Mr. T... Uh, his uh, words were uh, obviously George Peppard was uh, had passed away by the time this came out. Uh, people die in the film. This is Mr. T, and there's plenty of sex. But when we did it, no one got hurt, and it was all played for fun and family entertainment. There seems to be elements nobody is interested. These seem to be elements nobody's interested in anymore. It was too graphic for me. I have no doubt it will do big business at the box office, but it's nothing like the show we turned out every week. Okay. So none of the original cast liked it. Yeah. Um, Mr. T also said, uh, I don't do a cameo in something that I created. Okay. Didn't do great numbers. As I said at the start, 2015 deadline report. The A-Team was being rebooted as a TV show with Fast and Furious writer Chris Morgan set to produce an A-Team TV show. Uh, It never (laughs) came to pass. And uh, Disney, when they bought Fox, they inherited the A-Team rights and they have been talking about trying to do another A-Team reboot uh, with the names like Will Smith and Dave Bautista uh, mentioned. There's no one uh, this done... Was pre, this was pre-Slappygate. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just, you know, the way these things go, someone's like, it's the A-Team, but they're girls. Yay! And everyone's like, oh, that's brilliant, but... You don't think so. You don't think someone's developing that somewhere when we're all meant to go, wow. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, I, honestly, if you want my honest opinion, I, I think the Ghostbusters, the female Ghostbusters, like... For, you that know, was our one shot. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but I, it's money. It's business. And yeah. if, if it, wasn't the, it wasn't the reaction to it by a toxic fan base. It was the fact that, on top of that, it just didn't do the business. Yeah. And so I think potentially, you know... No it's more. called show business for a reason. Um, <laughs> but no, I think some will. We, we, we were talking about Cliffhanger. Chris was saying oh, yeah. they were doing a, a, a female Cliffhanger. That yeah, that's a good idea. Never happened. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's the kind of thing, someone gets a new job, head of whatever, just put something with girls on the slate. We, we're not going to do it for obvious reasons, but it does look good. <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, just why... Oh, it's like baiting a bear. It's yeah. like why? Why not just do a cool thing with women? It's yeah. like the A team. Like the fucking losers is just like the A team anyway. Yeah. Why not just have a group of girls and they, you know, but uh, without you know, riling up that fucking hornet's nest. So, uh, oh, the new A team from Disney will be set in the same universe with the potential of a Mister T cameo. Okay, there you go. That's my last bit of business. Shall we do the bits? Best scene. I, I'm not going to pick Fly the Tank, actually, which even though I really enjoyed it, I, I, I did enjoy just pure, you know, dopamine enjoyment. I enjoyed the helicopter chase at the start more. That, I'm fine with that. It's a brilliant scene. Yep. However, the correct answer is the tank, <laughs> the flying tank. In fact, the correct answer for scene is everything from the 3D gag up until the tank driving out of the lake. And that is fact. That is <laughs> not even up for debate. That is the greatest. It's so good. I, I, that's the scene I just rewatch. I never told you my losers one actually. Oh, I, I sort of did. I put it as my best scene. But the Jensen journey drop is my tank thing. Oh, it's just yeah. not nearly as good. Yeah. Uh, most valuable, whatever. Shall I begin? Sure. Jessica Beale for the reading of the line. <laughs> no, they're trying to fly that tank. Good for you. Uh, mine's Brian Bloom 
I just, oh, wow. Yeah, I just think you get shortchanged because I've said it about a thousand times. We need one proper baddie. And I, if I have to pick between Pike and Lynch, I'm going to pick Pike. He's more a natural baddie um, in terms of this weird shadow operative team that are trying to fuck the A-team from the start. Um, and I think you can see it in the actor in the car, that whole scene with the, the muzzle and the whatever. He's It's really brilliant. Yes. Yeah. So why can't we not just have a ton more of that <laughs> from the beginning? Hundred percent. Pike is oh, so good, so good. Uh, okay, uh, what would you change? All right, so I'm just going to get a bit serious for well, a second. All fine, right. fine, 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 fine. Right. But remember, this is a brilliant film <laughs> as, as you're being. No, no, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. It's just I'm just no, a no, bit I'm, surprised by it. So whatever. the arc for BA, as I said, does not sit well for me. You can do a different arc for him, which is he's not scared of flying, whatever anymore, because that makes the film funny and it, I think it wants to be funny. However, so the scene where... <laughs> that's cutting. I think it wants to be... I think it wants to be... Sorry, that's I awful. I think it's trying it's to be It's occasionally funny. So anyway, uh, they're in the diner. They've just rescued him, BA, from the police van and he's, he's sitting there and he's saying, listen, I need to tell you guys something. And so we have a black man telling his white friends that since he was a child, he's been pegged for violence since he was a child. Mm. Um... Which to me is like society's racist perceptions and expectations of someone from his neighbourhood. That that's the, or actually the inequality he would have experienced as a person of colour. And then his white friends are saying, mm, are you sure though? I mean, what the... Well, they're actually saying, we need that side yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they want, to, they want him to lean into that rather than supporting him to do something which from the, the language I'm looking at in the film, someone from his neighbourhood to shake off that violence that society is telling him is all he's good for, given his size and his, you know, where he's from, it would be a revolutionary act for him to not be violent. <laughs> and the white guys are like, but could you though? And then the film goes, fuck yeah, he did it. And it's just, what's happening? Like, that's not, I don't, I don't like it. And it's fine. Um, Oh God! It's oh, anyway, was it a different time? I don't think so. But the film really wants me to like it. If it was just a moment, then whatever. But the film is telling me because the scant use of the music, he gets the sting. So the film is expecting me to leap from my chair yeah. and go, "This man is ready to kill again." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, really. So I really, really, I think it's deeply wrong. So your change is BA's arc. Yeah. Lose that shit. Change it. Fine. I. Uh, I'm going to be serious as well, actually. Okay. Um, the theme song was the work of compo composer Mike Post, uh, who happens to be one of the most sought-after composers in the 1980s. Uh, he also did Magnum and... That's right. Very nice. Oh, boy. Very nice. Uh, yeah, Quantum Leap was my post as well. It, it should be all over this movie, yeah. Every, everywhere. It should, I, I want to, If anything, I want to be sick of the fucking theme tune by the end because you've used it over every action sequence. I don't. It just needs to be all over this movie, and that is why we don't have a franchise. I've done my rant. Let's get in to the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! So, uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm a bit nervous now. <laughs> so, um, I did think about it a lot, and I'll just be honest. I just, you know, we've done the podcast now, so I can lay my cards on the table. We are still on air, still doing a podcast. Neither of these films are very good, are they? <laughs> and normally, I don't mind pulling a face. People, people think I'm accepting that. I'm not. My face is going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
But I normally, I know we're not allowed to talk about running time because it seems a bit churlish or a bit whatever. The losers is a tight 90 and that's a big draw for me because the A-team is too long. So then I'm down to my, hey, my sexism chart. I find the losers less offensive fractionally from that perspective. Mm. So it comes down to like depth of feeling and BA's arc really, really just knocked me for six. I just don't like it and it doesn't sit well enough for me to want to vote for the A-team even though I think it, the set pieces are more enjoyable so uh, I'm just going to say the losers I'm sorry because <laughs> I know you're going to have a tantrum because I bet you said Chris's choice took you by surprise so I think he did the losers as well didn't he I love the losers I love the A-team but the losers best sequence is Chris Evans set to journey and it's nowhere near as good as the A-team's best sequence which is one of the most incredible sequences I've I've, 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 I've enjoyed uh, in cinema it's just beautiful they're trying to fly that tank fantastic the whole that whole se- sequence it's the A-team my vote is the A-team and of course I know what Chris's is and uh, shockingly yeah he has gone for the losers. Yeah, I, I knew. I, uh, I didn't know. I didn't uh, know he would. Yeah. But. He said he doesn't like the new BA, although he wouldn't say that to his face. That was <laughs> all he offered. So he's gone God. for the losers, which means what a wise cracking guy. He's, <laughs> he's non-stop. Even when he's on a plane, he's hilarious. He doesn't even need a beer. It was my delivery. Um, so yeah, I, I can't say that I'm not disappointed. I know, and I'm nervous in, of your you, emotions. And it, it, you shouldn't be. I've, I am. I, look, I haven't had a fucking tantrum in a while. <laughs> but you know what? This is wrong. I know. And this uh, is embarrassing. Uh, and I haven't brought up the poll in a while. But the poll <laughs> will... Will will out. It will clear my name. It will clear the 18. Your name is not dirt. It feels like, it feels like I've been besmirched. I Does put it? I put a fantastic case forward for the you 18. Did. You did. And I have been let down. Yeah. And seeing as Chris isn't here... I've been let down by you. <laughs> and you are pointing your finger near me. I am jabbing this table. <laughs> I am angry. I this is deep fucking impact and Armageddon all over again. It's you and Chris not. are just bonkers. Like, the A-team is Armageddon in this. The Losers is deep impact. It's sort of similar. It's just not as much fucking fun. <laughs> no, I know. Fine. Look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be in my mood because it's 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 Clashoween, so I'll be happy by next week. But right you now, you love it when people choose are wrong. your thing. No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You when, know, I hate that. When, That's one of yeah. the things I hate. People being wrong, and you're both being <laughs> wrong. When the poll clears your name in quote marks, yeah. you'll be thrilled to bits. And that is found on our Twitter at ClashPod. Yeah. So yes, uh, you can vote if you think uh, Vicky and Chris have uh, done us a disservice this week, then please do get on our Twitter at ClashPod and uh, and vote in the poll for which you think is the better film. Clashoween begins next week. Uh, month of Horror. <laughs> I gave you a clue on Monday, which was I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. End scene. So... <laughs> The pairing we're doing for our first week of our countdown to Halloween is Black Death versus The Witch. Very good. And they're both available in a number of places. And The Witch, uh, The Witch, The Witch is on Netflix if you have a subscription. So we're back on Monday with our first Clashoween of the year as we talk about Black Death. In the meantime, do subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Get on Twitter and vote for the A team. And uh, <laughs> subscribe. And you know, you know what it is. Tell your friends about us. Start, start a revolution. All the rest of it. Everything you want to do. And I'm telling you, just go and do it. Uh, that's it. Have a lovely weekend. Back on Monday, talking Black Death. Bye!
Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.